Welcome to Valley Community Church. Our Sunday sermons are available online to help you grow in your Christian faith. Our messages are practical and applicable truths from the Bible for today's life challenges. And now, Senior Pastor David Schmaltz. Well, today, uh, this morning, what I want to share with you in the title of my message is What Dreams May Come. What Dreams May Come. As I told you from my sabbatical, you know, as I go back over my notes and some of the things that God showed me, just a ton of things that I just couldn't possibly unload and, and share with you in those first couple of Sundays, I'm just uh, beginning to unpack. And, uh, and so one of the things that God talked to me about was about dreams, and about vision. I want to share a couple of verses with you, and then I want to talk about dreams uh, this morning with you. In Psalm 20, verse 4, it says, may he give you the desire of your heart, and make all your plans succeed. Psalm 140, verse 8. Do not grant the wicked their desires, O Lord. Do not let their plans succeed, or they will become proud. Two verses, just really two sides of the coin there. Proverbs 15, 22. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. And then Proverbs 16, verse 3. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. You know, it's interesting when we think of who we are, how it is easy for us to forget who we are. And it made me think of amnesia. And uh, I looked up some uh, uh, incredible stories about amnesia. And probably most of us have never run into someone who's experienced that before. But it's interesting, you know, if you dig around and you can read some amazing stories. Here's one. A lady's 33 years old. She lives in Denton, Texas, and she is getting ready to go to work. And she gets up this morning. She gets herself ready like she had done for years. She jumps in the car. She starts going down the highway. 600 miles later, she doesn't know how she got there, why she got there. She's in Arizona. And she checks into a hotel because she's obviously full of fear. She has no idea who she is. She doesn't know how she got there, so on and so forth. And that lasted for months and months and months until finally uh, she was able to come out of it. And her family found her, and uh, what an amazing story. And then I remember hearing about this man who finally showed up in the newspaper like 25 years later. 25 years, the family recognized. He gets his picture in the paper for some reason, and the family who've been looking for their father for 25 years see him in the newspapers like, oh my gosh, there he is. So they rush like three states away. I believe this was in New York, upstate New York, and he was from the South. I want to say South Carolina. Should be a whole lot more than three states. They found the man, went to see him, and he began, to, and, and he began over a period of time and matter of fact, it was 25 years later that he himself began to realize that there was something about him that wasn't right. And he began to recognize his family and what, a, I mean, an amazing example of amnesia. And of course, there were a lot of tears. He began to realize that he had lived a whole different life and had finally come out of that. And I use these examples to say that, you know what, sometimes we experience spiritual amnesia that we begin to forget who we are in God. And sometimes it's just like those people that finally just kind of, it clicks back into us. We just kind of like, oh, wait a minute. I'm a child of the living God. I'm bought by the blood of Jesus. 
this is not my home. Have you ever had that revelation? Oh my gosh. Just the other day, I was, you know, as I like to do, go walking with Andrea, and we like to walk and talk. That's our kind of connection time. And, and anyway, it was just kind of realizing, this is not my home. This is not my final place. I'm just here on loan from God for a season where I'll be with him forever and ever and ever in heaven and fulfilling my final destiny in him as a son of the living God. And so we're here, but how many of us, you know, forget who is God has made to be? So who are we anyway? Who are we? Each of us has a divine purpose in this life. And often, often this can come to us prophetically. And by that I mean that God speaks to us by the Holy Spirit to help direct us to that purpose. God can do that. God is in the business of doing that. And I think it takes sometimes people a lot of years you know, to figure that out. Some of us are blessed to maybe figure that out early. But if you're in that place this morning where you're just like, well, listen, I know about God. I have a knowledge of God. You know, maybe you're in this, this journey and you've got a little bit of kingdom amnesia. Or maybe you just have never known. And I want us to look at that today. I want us to look deeply into the purposes of God. And when it, when it comes to us, it begins with a dream. It, becomes, it, it starts with an inside vision, an inner, inner idea or a picture of what you were born to do. And that I call it like the macro view, that we get this, this big picture of what God has called us to be and to do. And it could be, I mean, it starts off being general. In other words, what we're all called to be and to do, to go and make disciples of all nations, to be salt and light, to be reconcilers, to be a part of the church, to be those who are filled with the grace of God and the power of God, to do all kinds of signs and wonders in his name. That's, that's all of our, I mean, that's all on our shingle, by the way. So that's kind of the macro view. And then what I call the micro view, and that is, what am I doing right now that is working within that framework, that paradigm, and working toward fulfilling that bigger dream? Because all those things I mentioned earlier, I dare to say that probably most of us have only just really scratched the surface of that. Maybe we've experienced some of it, and maybe for a season, and then we kind of, we, we get a little amnesia, and we forget who we are, and we kind of get off track, and then we get that, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not of this world. I'm a child of God. I'm, I'm supposed to be doing this. He's called me to do this, and this, and this, and this, and okay, I got it. Thank you, Lord. And so the question is, where are we right now? In Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, it says, without a vision, my people perish. Why? Because we stop dreaming. We stop reaching. We just stop. So I wonder, are we in that case today? Are we in that place where maybe we're just living our lives only just for um, self-preservation, to just keep us breathing in and out? Because I tell you what, Jesus died for a whole lot more than that. So how do we get there? If you're sitting in that place today and you're kind of like, you know what, David, I got some broken dreams. David, I had a dream in the past. I'm not sure where I am. Maybe I've never dreamed at all. Maybe you were told that you're not supposed to dream. I don't know. But dreams and prophetic vision 
are one of the most powerful biblical truths that you're going to find for God's people. Noah was given a purpose that involved rescuing a remnant and saving the world. He was given a dream. Abraham was given a purpose to start a family. began with a dream. You'll be the father of many nations. Joseph was called and empowered to rescue his people. Talk about a dreamer. Talk about one who was confused about his purpose in life. I mean, an incredible story. One we should all read and, 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 and realize that in many ways we are Joseph's in our journey. Not knowing why we experience some of the struggle we do. Why was I thrown into a hole? Why was I thrown in, uh, sold into slavery? Why was I you know, accused wrongly? Why, why, why? Only to see that there was a divine path behind all of it to prepare Joseph for such a time as this. Now, that's, there's some good stuff right there. I mean, I could stop right there and say, hey, now all of you go home and read that. You know, this is your homework. I tell you to do that. But no, we're moving on here. Moses was given a purpose to build and to define this family that was rescued and bring this family and make them into a nation. He had a dream of that. It wasn't really his dream. He kind of came along kicking and screaming at the beginning. But in the end, as he looked out over that nation, he realized, wow, God, you, you plucked me up out of the river. You brought me up in a protected place. You, you allowed this to happen. You even allowed me to be a shepherd for 40 years without purpose, only to be called out when that time was right to do what God had prepared him to do. David was given a purpose to lead, God, lead God's nation into a God-fearing world power. If anything, without question, to be the nation that would bring forth, bring forth the Son of God, the Son of David. Jesus himself. Daniel was later given a purpose to stand alone in the middle of a wicked nation to influence it from the inside. To be a world, I mean, a world leader. Can you imagine that? Who Daniel became? And it all came from him having to hold on to that dream, hold on to that promise that Daniel knew that was prophesied that one day the people of God would come back to the land. How many remembered? Not many. Probably only one. That dream, that vision, that purpose. Ezra and Nehemiah were given a purpose to lead God's people back to their promised land. When that time was right, they were called upon to gather, to organize, to bring people the people of God, back to a devastated land and to rebuild it and to prepare it for the Son of God who would come hundreds of years later. And then finally, Jesus was given a purpose to save the world from its sins. It doesn't stop there. Because Jesus, when he said, it is finished, there was an explosion of light an explosion of vision and dream that went out to every heart on the planet. And those who would catch it, those who ordained elect to be able to receive that would have a part to play in God's master plan to transform the world, to fulfill 
the ultimate call of this earth. And folks, that's you and that's me. We have a vision. We have a dream. question is, are we seeing it? The question then is, are we dreaming it? Have we allowed ourselves to dream it? Folks, it comes from this purpose. And what is that purpose? To do what? To bring glory to God through our lives and to help others see that Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord of the earth, to build his family. Do you wonder what your purpose is? Whether you are fixing cars, whether you are making paper, whether you are bagging groceries, whether you are teaching children, it doesn't matter what you do. That is just a vocation. That's a part. That is a stage, a platform for you to be salt and light, for you to be able to be the extension of God's hand. But I tell you what, that will not happen. That cannot happen until you open your heart up and begin to dream and to let your mind to drift off and allow your heart to be opened up. You know, I think of Jacob as he was running from God. And you know, Jacob is all of us. Because Jacob had a purpose on his life. Oh my gosh, that boy was born with purpose. But he, he wasn't going to have any of it because he had a character flaw. He was a liar. And he ran. But what, a lot of times what happens when we run from God, we run right into God. So there he is, he's sleeping, he's resting, he's thinking, man, I've gotten away from my family, I got away from Esau, I got away from God, and God says, no, you didn't. That night, he begins to dream, and he dreams an amazing thing. You remember Jacob's ladder? The ladder comes down from heaven. You think to yourself, why on earth would God show that to Jacob? Why would he, I mean, what's so special about Jacob? Well, really not much. Matter of fact, I think to myself, well, man, he was the last guy. I want that dream. I want to see that ladder. Jacob was a bum. But you know what it shows me? Is that you know what? God knew who Jacob was before Jacob knew who he was. And he showed him a picture that was so much bigger than him. He showed him the reality of heaven. He showed what was really taking in the spirit. Remember the ladder? The angels were coming down and the angels were going up. There is, he, he basically showed him, listen, Jacob, This is a whole lot more than what you can see. And you're getting ready to enter it, buddy, for the rest of your life. And all the supernatural things that will swirl around you, just remember that it's all coming from there, and it's all going back to there. And it ties us. When we get that revelation, when we get that revelation of knowing that we're eternal beings, you know, we were sitting around, and we were were having lunch, and... and, uh, uh, and we were talking, we'd like to open up some discussion among the kids, and, and we're just talking about the reality of heaven, talking about the reality that what, what our, the supernatural reality is more real than our, than our current one, than, than what we see with our eyes. And I was telling the kids, I, I read an article, I've got to do this real quickly, I read this article, and it was, it was amazing that here is a scientist from Wake Forest who says, basically, he's proven that there is an afterlife. Guy's an atheist. But here he is using physics, using what they know and have discovered. He says, you know what? There's something beyond here. Don't know what it is. He said, but I can prove it scientifically. I won't get into all that. But we're just talking about that, how it's amazing that even people who are trying to prove something else fall right into the hands of God. And I only mention that to say that if you're here today and you're kind of questioning whether God has a purpose for you, 
oh man, not only does he have a purpose for you, but he's ready for you to get in it and on it today. So how each of us fulfills what God is called to do is different as there are clouds in the sky. And that's important for you to know because your dream, your part to play is, is not going to be like someone else's. So don't compare it. Don't look at somebody else and want to have their dream, you know, because that's not going to work. God has, God has something specifically designed for you. In some cases, you, do, you don't want somebody else's dream. You know, some people look at Paul and are jealous of Paul. I don't think so. I would not have wanted Paul's journey. No. So God has given us a mandate. When we talk about this purpose, God has given us a mandate. And I like to just simplify it to show and tell. Show and tell. Show the world with your life. Tell them why. Simple. Show and tell. God has given us freedom to fulfill this mandate. He's designed us uniquely to fulfill it within our measure of faith and grace. You know what? If, if God just says, listen, I just need you to dig this hole for the kingdom, man, just be happy. That he didn't say, I want you to dig it all the way to China. I mean, sometimes we get a little disappointed in our piece of the puzzle. But you know what? Just like Joseph sitting in that hole, he wondered, God, you gave me all these wonderful dreams, and I'm sitting in a hole. That's the way it starts sometimes. Sometimes it starts off with a little disappointment sometimes, but it, it should never dissuade us. It should never keep us from going forward in God and just keep trusting him. And remember that Christ is enough for me. Because as long as I keep thinking that, then God's going to keep moving me along because, to be honest, for Joseph to become the ruler that would change the world in the way that he did, there was a lot of character development between A and Z to prepare that young man who had a little bit of pride, maybe a lot of pride. Hey, Dad, guess what? I'm going to rule over you. I mean, he took just a little too much delight in those dreams, didn't he? And God said, oh, all right, Joseph, here we go. Whole number, uh, you know, uh, lesson number one. Folks, it's time to dream. It's time to let our spirit out. It's time to open up and find ourselves in this place to realize that we're called to be a part of this. And, and, I, and I sense that in this region, and uh, I'll tell you what, man, through prayer and just thinking lately, there's just a lot of things that are starting to make more and more sense to me. And uh, there's been a lot of warfare surrounding it, a lot of warfare. Man, when I came back from the sabbatical, I ran right into some, the enemy just saying, I'm not letting you do this. Just hit me square upside the head. And then finally, I just woke up and realized, oh man, this is warfare. But folks, I'm telling you, we've got to move forward. And it be, begins with us realizing who we are called to be and not letting the circumstances surrounding you or coming up against you hold you back for fulfilling, from fulfilling what God has called you to be and to do. So I want to talk about what a godly dream is and a fantasy real quickly to help you. Take these notes home, look at them, but I'm going to go through them real quickly. What is a dream? A dream, a, a, a godly dream. A dream flows from your divine purpose. It's God-ordained. And it's going to come with the gifts and the call. God is not going to call you to do something that he has not given you the gifts in order to carry it out. Okay? God, God doesn't do that. 
God doesn't set you up. He doesn't want to embarrass you, but he's going to give you. And you know what? Those gifts and calls are going to be recognized by others. A man's gift makes room for him. In other words, somebody's going to say, man, you, you got that gift. I can see that on you. You're anointed. I, I, I want to pick the word Bobby. Bobby's probably running around serving. But I, Bobby. That guy is the most anointed prayer dude I have ever met in my life. And I've known a lot of pastors. I've known a lot of prayer warriors. But, man, when that guy opens his mouth, Bobby loves to pray. You can feel that passion in Bobby when he prays. And, and I just love it. I just love it. Okay, go for it, Bobby. Just do it, man. Oh, so good. And so you recognize that. You see that gift. And a dream, again, it flows from a divine purpose. And confidence begins to grow up around that. And people recognize it. They see it. Now, in conversely to that, a fantasy flows from a selfish motive that often only plays lip service to God. Okay? So we might mention God and see we can do that. Man, everybody just thinks that, that, that God is the ace card. That I just say, God's told me, boom. Okay, so you should listen to me. God told me. I mean, have you, ever, have you ever noticed that? I mean, that's the ace card. I mean, the argument's over, the debate. Well, God told me, boom. Oh, oh. well, you know, God told you. And there are times you have to say, ah, I don't think he did. That doesn't sound like my God. Matter of fact, that's contradictory to everything he said in his Bible. But a fantasy will flow from a selfish motive, not a kingdom purpose. Do you see the difference? In other words, and, and a lot of times we force it, a lot of times it's way out of, it, 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 it causes us to react to authority, the people that, that God has called into our lives to be a part of that, to help us make it happen. We rip against that, we tear away from that, and it's all selfish and it's basic. But a lot of time, but you can take something selfish and man, you can turn it into what it looks like God. I mean, you can dress up the pig now. I mean, you can take that pig and put lipstick on it. You can throw a bunch of, you know, Chanel number five on that pig. And it's just the best smelling pig. Put a ring of pearls around its neck. I mean, just, you know, paint its little nasty toes. But what? Still a pig. Still a pig. Good looking, smelling pig. It's a pig. And a fantasy that does not come from God, all it is is a dressed up pig. A dream produces plans that are realistically achievable. In other words, if God gives you a dream and, and he's called you to do something, then he's going to also give you a few steps. Now, he hasn't, doesn't give them all to you. It, it's funny, as I look back over my life, there have been many times when God has given, given Andrew and I prophetic pieces of the puzzle, and we got enough to get us going. He didn't give us the whole thing. But he just said, I want you to take these next few steps. And there's a real sense of achievability. And I, I can add this to it because it's not in my notes. But other people are going to see that too. So when people come to you, hey, you know, I want to do this. What do you think of that? Hmm, I see it. I do see it. I see you can do that. And I see those first couple of steps. You know? A dream produces, again, a realistically achievable. A fantasy now produces wishes that are unrealistic and unachievable. In other words, you're not, there's, there's not that giftedness there. It's like, you know, I use football analogies, and I've tried to hold back, but I can't take it anymore. But anyway, but it's like taking that lineman who wants to play quarterback. You know, he just says, man, hey, you know, I want to do this. It's like, dude, you are 375 pounds. 
you run like a 6540. I mean, we got guys on the team that could do that twice in that time. And I love you, but you're, you know, <laughs> you really can't do this. And it reminds me of years ago when a guy came and he said, and, and we were looking for a new worship leader in the church, another church I was going to, and he said, you know what, listen, I feel like God has told me I'm supposed to be the next worship leader here. I said, really? He said, yeah. And man, we went back and forth and back and forth, and I was lovingly trying to, to direct him. And finally, I just looked him in the eye and I said, bro, you can't do it. That's not your gift. And it was hard. It was tough for him. But you know what? A fantasy, you know, runs us in that direction. We try to work against design. We, we try to work against something that God has already laid out for us. And I wonder how much do we waste our time trying to do that, trying to be something that we're not? You know, we have these career tests. We have these personality tests. Matter of fact, we, what here we call it, and Pastor Bobby can lead you through it, or Pastor Jamie, we call it finding out what your shape is. What, what are you designed to do? And when you're designed, when you put that big old lineman as a guard in front of the quarterback, now you've got something rocking and rolling. Now you've got him where he needs to be, where he can do most damage. You know, and other things, like artists, you know, who want to do other things. But they're designed to be able to create. Number three, a dream comes to fruition because it's blown along by the wind of God's will and providential plan. A dream is something that comes together. And man, when you pray, you just feel it being pushed along. Matter of fact, can I even honestly say, there's almost a sense, not of ease, because sometimes dreams and visions, we, and, and I won't get into this, but sometimes there can be a death of a vision where it can just die for a time. And you're wondering what God is up to, but God just said, no, along the line, you let it start to become a fantasy, and so in a measure, I killed it for a season in order to bring it back to life. Case in point, Moses. Moses knew he was called to be something special, and he, and he knew somehow deep inside he was supposed to rescue his people. So he saw a, a, an Egyptian beating up on one of his people, so what did he do? He killed him. He took matters into his own hands. It was his destiny. It's what he was called to do. And in the future, he was going to be a part of the death of thousands of Egyptians. Just not that way. Not that time. It was selfish. It was knee-jerk reaction. It was out of the heart and will of God. And in the end, what happened? Moses hightails it, runs for his life, and doesn't do anything for 40 years. Until God finally comes back and says, Moses, over here, burning bush, time to you for you to do what I called you to do in the first place. It's blown away, blown, I'm not blown away, but blown along by the wind of God's will and providential plan. A fantasy comes to nothing because it lacks God's favor and blessing. You know, we've done that. We've all tried to take up something or do something that it's just like, man, it didn't work. It just didn't flow. And I tell you what, if you're in the, in the middle of that, you know what, there's, there's no shame in that. I mean, matter of fact, I would rather find somebody who is discovering what their boundaries are than a person who never gets anywhere close to them. David said that. Your boundaries, Lord, have fallen in pleasant places for me. How did David know that other than he crossed them a time or two? It's like, oh, I'm not supposed to be out here. Okay, Lord. Whew, thank God for that boundary. I don't want to live out there. because That's beyond my grace. 
beyond my call, beyond who God has called me to be. But when we let the things of God or we replace them with fantasy, and can I just go back and insert this, this revelation? The fact of the matter is, as a Christian, anything that does not involve the, the ultimate purpose and plan and destiny for God's life will devolve into fantasy. It just will. Because what is it built upon? Building my kingdom? Building something that I want people to praise? You know, we all learn that over and over again. Matter of fact, if you've been here serving in any capacity and wonder why you haven't been made, you know, servant of the week or, you know, why, you know, we didn't take you down uh, Main Street and, you know, put a laurel on your head and, and we all gather around. And, and if you wondered why an angel hasn't showed up and just said, you know what, we couldn't do this without you. I mean, if you've, if you've wondered any of that, welcome to the club. See, a lot of you are praying, Lord, please use me. Lord, use me. And he says, okay, I'm getting ready to use you. And I mean the other way of the use of the word. Get used up. Because, folks, the the fact of the matter is you're not going to see your reward here. You're all waiting around for the Academy Awards, and they're they're, they're not going to come on the Holy Spirit TV for a long, long time. So don't hang around for that. That gets, those get delivered when, after you die. And, there, and then you see Jesus who says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. In the meantime, while you're here, man, just pour your heart out. Just give it all. I mean, when you take your last breath, you, you know in your heart that, man, Lord, I followed your dream for me. A dream comes together through faith, vision, and hard work. A fantasy falls apart because of pride, short-sightedness, and dare I say, laziness. See, that's another thing we got to understand, is that a dream that comes from God doesn't just magically happen. You know, you don't just eat a bowl of Lucky Charms and it all goes to, you know, comes together. Uh-uh. No, you get a dream from God, and you, you, you start to follow with God. You begin to see what your gifts, and you begin to sharpen up those gifts. You study up on it. You begin to learn and grow, and you see the grace surrounding it, and, and you're, you're able to improve and grow in that area and strengthening those gifts. And then God is going to call you into the game of life or the game of the kingdom, and you show up, and you say, okay, I'm ready to be, I'm ready to be in charge. Oh, no, no, no. You grab a shovel and dig a hole because that's where it starts. And you're faithful with the little things, and then God gives you more. And you're faithful with the little things, and God gives you more. When so many Christians, they want to, no, well, look, I want to just show up, and I want it all right now. I want all the praise. I want all the glory. I want to be acknowledged. I want, I want you guys just to stand away and just say, oh. I mean, sometimes it's really hard for me as a pastor, and I'll just deal with it right now, that sometimes when people come from other churches, and they, sit, they come right in, and they just want to come in and say, okay, we're ready to change you. We think we can do it better. Really? Well, we've been kind of working here, and we, we've been kind of refining who God has called us to be here, and we pray, and we, we seek God, and we travel a lot of places, and, and we evaluate and work, and we evaluate and work, and you think you can do it just right off the bat, huh? No. Matter of fact, what we need to do is come in and say, hey, listen, where can I serve? And as you're serving, if you've got a better idea, awesome. Help us. I'll get to that in a second. So, folks, it's time to dream bigger dreams. 
Acts chapter 2, 17. It says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. What I see that, and I believe we're living in this, this time right now in what would be considered the last days. And when it all ends, no one knows. But we're living in a time where the Spirit of God is pouring out. Matter of fact, can I put it like this way? Is that God is giving out your part for the play. He's walking around and saying, Brian, here's your part. Dr. Brian. He's walking around. He's giving it away. He said, Dan, here's your part. And the key is, are we going to grab it and pick it up? And begin learning our lines, finding our place, learning our character. Finding it out what God has called us to be and to do. And the beautiful thing is God knows exactly our part to play. He knows it. More than anyone knows it. Most of us are not struggling with fantasy. So I'll throw that out there. I, I really don't believe that. If you're here today, I don't think you're a person that is you know, caught up with fantasy. Or you wouldn't be here. But it really, I think it's that we're not dreaming enough. We're not dreaming enough. And how do you do that? Well, you've got to spend time with God and let your heart out. That's what I mean. Let your heart out. I mean, open it up for shop and let God come in there and let him speak. I mean, it's really a simple thing. To just let God begin to speak to you and just to ask him, Lord, what is my part to play? What have you called me to do in this kingdom thing? Folks, you got to get some counsel too. You know, we got Bobby back there. We got Pastor Jamie. You got myself. We got elders. We got deacons. We got a lot of people around here who can be what I call a dream coach. Someone who's doing it. And that's really what you have to do is you, 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 once you get that dream, you, don't, you know, a lot of times we just sit on that. We don't know where to go. We don't know what to do with it. But the, one of the best things you can do is find somebody else that's either doing that or doing something similar or walking in the ways of God and just say, listen, what do I do next? Help me. Coach me. To take those next steps to fulfill what God has called me to be. Don't reinvent the wheel because you know you don't have to. If we don't have it here at Valley, build it. You know, sometimes it's, it's a struggle because here we are trying to be the church, but what I read in my Bible in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, it says that my job is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. In other words, for me to give you permission, for me to help you find who God has called you to be, and for me to help you create a platform so you can use your gifts and to change the world. Now, this whole message is a precursor to something bigger now. But you've got to get this first before we move on. You've got to get this. If we're already doing what is in your heart to do, then get on board. Join us. Join us because nothing's better than a team. Have you ever been a part of a team? I mean, it, it, being a part of a team is an awesome thing. And if you've never been a part of one, then you need to get on a team. You need to jump in. Of course, we're a team as a church, but I'm talking about in ministries, in our small groups. I'm talking about finding places where you can jump in and, and shoulder to shoulder with somebody for the kingdom. I'm not talking about a softball team. I'm not talking about a baseball, basketball team. I'm not talking about those kind of teams. And those can be fun, 
But unless they're fulfilling something that is kingdom, I tell you what, all you're doing is wearing out your joints for something that's not eternal. And believe me, I did a lot of years of that. Because my joints tell me every day, or remind me I did a lot of that. Sometimes someone's dream is simply to do anything for God. In that case, I just encourage you to jump on board with the dreamers and help them achieve theirs. Maybe you've achieved achieved a lot of dreams in life, and you're just like, you know what? I think I'm in the twilight of my dreaming times. No, you're not. As long as you're breathing in and out. Help somebody reach their dream. Help them. There are a lot of young people out there. There's a lot of people who are still searching, trying to find it. What God has called them to be and to help them make it happen. You know, I think our church needs to become a dream factory where we ask God for things that are bigger than us all the time. Some will stick. Some will be like, well, we've got to shelve that for now. But that's okay. Because I'd rather be a person that is constantly dreaming for something bigger than to be someone who has just stopped. Because what did we learn earlier? And we'll finish with this. This is what we'll finish with. Is that without a vision, folks, we perish. Without a purpose in the plan of God, we're just dying away. Piece by piece. Bit by bit. We know that the brain, if the brain is not used... It disappears, it, it, you know? People die early deaths if they don't feel a purpose. We see it. By the way, as I'm looking at Clayton and Cherry Gale, uh, you guys sent me that, that prayer regarding uh, room at the inn, and I just, I'm just so proud of all of you for that were involved with that. Awesome. The ladies that were apart are still talking about it from what I understand, that they were just, their socks were blessed off. They don't know what happened to their socks. They were so blessed off. So proud of you. And what, you know, I'm excited about is I didn't do a daggone thing. Not a thing. And, and so I could just step back and just say, look at you. Man, this church is awesome. And you know what? We got a whole lot more to do. We ain't even just warming up yet. Amen? So I tell you, let's stand up this morning and let me pray for you. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes. And as we're doing that, if I could have our prayer teams come. And as they're coming, let me remind you, they're here to pray with you and stand over anything, really. It could be related to the message, which is good. But it could be, you know, you need some healing in your body. Maybe you've got a family member that's struggling with their health. Maybe you just need some, you need really God to come in and, and just pour in some grace in some area of your life. Maybe just for somebody to hear what you're going through. That, they're here for you. It's ministry, genuine and powerful. But let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Lord, we come to you today and we thank you. That Lord, you have given us a purpose and a plan in this life. And, it, and, it, and it's very true that, Lord, there may be someone in this room today that if you die tonight, you're not certain that you'd go to heaven. You don't know your part or place. You have an awareness of God, but you know what? An awareness of God is not enough. Jesus says, believe in me. 
Confess Him as Lord. And He will be your Savior. And to follow Him. Not enough to just think and believe. Your brain is only a, only a small part of who you really are. So if you'd like to give your life to Christ this morning as we're all just before God, just raise up your hand up and down. No one looking around. I'd like to give your life to Christ right now. Find that dream. Find that vision. Find that purpose. Anyone? All right. So Lord, I just pray for these dear ones here at the end. Lord, I pray that you would help us all, God, to open the doors of our heart and to begin seeing, Lord, our part to play in the kingdom. Lord, to just push past our jealousies. God, our brokenness. Oh, Lord, we, God, we have a lot of brokenness in our soul. But Lord, that only hinders just for a time your divine purpose. So Lord, help us to move forward in faith today, to embrace it in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen.